Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who go on this town tonight Hey, welcome in to the Climbing Lasseter Sports Talk Show We are live today in studio in studio today is me, Demry Lachey. It is Friday. Kwame is out. Hopefully he'll come in soon. If not, I can bug him about him being late. But it is Friday. I'm not going to let that ruin my weekend. I am a little a little under the weather, but we're going to get through this show today. Call in today or call in at any time at 888-346-9144. Once again, it's 888-346-9144. Starting off this sports talk show today, we're going to talk a little baseball. I'm going to congratulate the two AL and NL MVPs, the American League and National League MVPs. In the American League, we had Mike Trout winning his first and finally getting that monkey off his back and winning his first MVP at a young age, such a young age. And it's only his first and many more to come, I believe so. And also congrats to the ace on the mound. First pitcher to win the NL MVP in quite some time. I think the last NL MVP was 1958, 1968. And congrats to Clayton Kershaw of the L.A. Dodgers, both guys representing Los Angeles, West Coast, California, with Mike Trout playing for the Los Angeles Anaheim, the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Angels, and Clayton Kershaw with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Congrats to both of them. The, both of them guys had sensational seasons. Even though the AL had plenty of other guys you could have represented, but I think in the, the National League was well represented by Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he just completely went out and just dominated, dominated baseball, dominated the National League, and helped Dodgers get to the playoffs this season. Unfortunately, that's all they made it to, and I think Clayton Kershaw ran out of his MVP juice. During his playoff run, but hey, what can you say? The guy, he he was a tremendous guy on the mound. Um, his numbers were incredible, strikeout rates, and just no one could touch him throughout the season. And he did his thing. And congrats to him, congrats to Mike Trout once again. Also, what's happening today on a Friday, college basketball, college hoops finally it's starting to tip off. No more preseason scrimmages, exhibitions. College basketball is here once again. They're still doing the 68-round tournament when March comes around. But tonight begins opening night in college hoops. We have the biggest, the big game. Um, it's a tournament. Well, not necessarily a tournament, but a, kind of like a round ball event. It kicks off uh, with the games being on the mission boat, representing the U.S. Navy. And we get to see Arizona tip off tonight, U of A, in their highly regarded freshman class. And their standout, what is he, a small four shooting guard, this guy, Stanley Johnson. I mean, we've been hearing and praising about this kid for quite some time now. He was Aaron Gordon's teammate in high school. Also played with him with during AAU ball. This guy Stanley Johnson. I mean, and Aaron Gordon, who you know got drafted in the first round, who went to U of A as well. 
he got drafted in the first round to Orlando Magic. Um, he was praising Stanley Johnson pretty highly as well, saying this kid is probably the best player, not only in country, but in the whole nations of basketball. I mean, this guy, he's projected him to be number one. This is just Aaron Gordon's words. You know, this guy's the real deal. And it's pretty cool and pretty awesome to see him, you know, follow his footsteps and not only going to play for the same school, but the same AAU teams as well. And I can't wait to see this guy play. I mean, Stanley Johnson, he's highly rated. This guy, they're saying this guy's the next coming, the next big thing to basketball, even though last few seasons a lot of talk has been like that with a highly talented freshman coming in. But for this guy, I can't wait to see him play. Strap up his sneakers tonight. Also, another game tonight is Minnesota and Louisville. They're tipping off at the U.S. CG Air Station um, tonight at 7.30. They tip off Minnesota and Louisville, both Patino guys, Patino's son. Rick Patino's hosting his son. Well, they're considered the home team Louisville is, even though they're playing on the Naval Base Academy. But we get to see the two Patino coaches go at it, father-son. This this would be a great matchup with Minnesota representing the Big Ten and the Louisville Cardinals going to the ACC this season. I think it's the first season tipping off with the ACC because last year they were with the AAC, which was pretty much a cakewalk until UConn started to bring their A game. But, yes, Louisville, and the biggest story behind this is the big Patino story, I guess you could say. And not only that, representing uh, the game in basketball and the Armed Force Classics tonight, that should be a great game. Another great game that tips off is North Carolina Central. They're at number six, North Carolina. In North Carolina, they're looking to tip off Roy Williams, looking to bring and see what this new squad he has. He has his returning All-American point guard, Marcus Page, who can be regarded as player of the year. Also, you're looking at J.P. Tokido. He's a first-team, second-team national All-American preseason that you could throw him in there. Some great games kicking off tonight. We also have Kwame. He's just now getting on the line. He's calling in. Kwame, you there? I'm here. What's going on, man? A whole lot of this and a whole lot of not this. Yeah. That, that what are we talking about? That happens. No, I was just tonight, you know, starts off the kickoff for the NCAA hoops, man. The NCAA basketball kicks off tonight. Uh also congratulated. Uh, Mike Trout winning the AL MVP and Clayton Kershaw being a pitcher in quite some time to win the um, National League MVP. That's just a little something. If this wasn't, um, if Kansas wasn't such a great school, <laughs> this would be a basketball season for the University of Kansas. But being that it's an all-around program, <laughs> we still gonna look forward to basketball. No I one going gets the football team together, but it's it's great to bring. Uh, basketball uh, into the mix now, college basketball into the mix because of the passion these guys play with. And, and a lot of chances we get to see some one and done, if you will, uh, who's going into the draft or who's playing at a high level or who snuck up to the uh, lottery pick or, or what have you. Right. And we also need to talk a little bit more uh, basketball. But we, we'll, we'll pick that pace up next week sometime. Yeah, we definitely will. And, uh, yeah, I also threw out there, you know, Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw winning the MVP of baseball for the AL and the, in, in the National League, representing both of those guys. 
you know, these, these guys are pretty young, and they're just now getting off in their prime. Uh, I don't think Mike Trout even touched his prime yet. He's still, what is this, his second, third year that he just completed? I mean, he's still got time to grow. He still has his A game to come along. Clayton Kershaw, he is definitely in the middle of his prime game. And, you know, both of these guys, I mean, the NL could have been a race between Kershaw and a few other guys, but I think it was well-deserved by Clayton Kershaw. How about, what do you think about it? Yeah, that's a good thing for the, um, not only for his team, but the MLB, and you have these superstars, you have this talent, uh, these guys are playing at a high level at such a young age. And that's, and that's primarily baseball. You get them in young anyway, uh, whether they be on uh, one of the professional teams, farm teams, but there are all the talent there because you allow to drive these guys out of high school. There was a time when you could do that doing football where you can get a guy out of high school and then have him, I'm sorry, right out of college. Right. First year out of college. In basketball, you, you could get him out of high school and you had time, you had time and uh, a lot of lecture, a lot of uh, momentum to mature these guys. And, and now these guys have to go to college. But with baseball, you come right out of high school. And I think it's, that's when you see a lot of young MVPs across the board at position, golden gloves, silver baddings, uh, and what have you in that nature. So it's good for only not only for the individual because, although it may seem like that, but it's good for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with your point with Major League Baseball um, having these two young stars, these household names, you know, already. That's good for you know, little leaguers, little um, baseball players and kids who have dreams of playing baseball, they see that you can still, because I think that's what a lot of people are shying away from baseball because you hear about them going through, what, double-A, triple-A baseball. You got to go through a whole farm system and guys don't get into the MLB till about, to the bigs till about, what, what, four or five years after that? And I think that's what pushes a lot of kids away from the whole baseball deal. But you see these young guys who – winning MVPs already, and like the Kansas City Royals, most of their rosters are in their young 20s as well. But you see these guys, you know, representing not only baseball, but representing their age, their their year group, saying that, you know, you don't have to be young and play in the NBA. You don't have to be young and be in the NFL. You can do baseball as well. You know, we we paved the way, and this, you can't shy away from it anymore. And, then, yeah, like you were saying, I agree with your point. Uh, it is helping the game of baseball as well. Yeah, and, and and you mentioned one of the things about these young kids, if they could see that, depending on where their mindset, I still think the the um, the angle needs to be on going to school, True. but their mindset, uh, if they're a baseball player, that they can go right out of high school. You don't have to go to college. I think that still needs to be the angle as far as uh, I'm concerned with the the direction of leading to the going to that next level. Because you can't do that in football. You can't do that in basketball anymore. Yeah. Uh, so you have in baseball, it's the only one still where you get drafted out of the first round or drafted out of high school right. and two of high pick of uh, Major League Baseball. Yep, I agree. I do agree. Now, we, this is today. Today is Friday. Fireball Friday. Also, Football Frenzy Friday, I guess you could say. Um, there was a game last night that was played in the NFL. Between your and your favorite defense, <laughs> I was about to say that between your favorite defense in the NFL, your Buffalo Bills defense, even though they took a loss, gave up twenty two points, they still uh, made a few turnovers on the road. They were on the road game at the at Miami, 
And they created a few turnovers on defense, but, you know, they just couldn't, couldn't overcome their own mistakes on the offensive end. They had this game won at halftime. I mean, they were up 6-3. to three, But a game, you know, a low-scoring game, that means your defense is dominating, and they dominate the first half. Second half, uh, Kyle Orton starting to make mistakes, starting to get sacked, held the ball a little too much, offensive line broke down a little bit, and he just didn't look that fluent as he has in the past few weeks. And he began to turn the ball over the low-scoring game, and Miami just, um, with their experience with Ryan Tannehill, Stepping up his ball game in the second half, uh, they were too much to overcome, and they started to put up points. Not only that, what is it? I think Miami they are number two now in the, in the AFC East, and Buffalo has dropped down to number three, but they're still tied, I believe, in the division. But I think Miami has a game above them now. Do you see yeah, any of these two teams? My, uh, yeah, I'm laughing. I'm still laughing at your defense. What's that? I'm still laughing at your defensive choice. Oh, yeah, you laugh at my Buffalo defense, but they've been relevant. They've been putting up points for me. They've been getting it done. They went into, and I, I, my conflict was if we still talk of fantasy, or yeah. if I'm talking fantasy, my conflict was I had Tannehill and I had the Buffalo defense. So that was my problem. But I ended up getting <laughs> like 31 points in that game. The Buffalo defense have been very much relevant. They've been the, the strength of their whole team, their entire team. Buffalo couldn't get out their own way yesterday, that, that which allowed the Miami Dolphins to run off 19 straight points after being down uh, 6-3. After being down, they Buffalo could not answer them anymore, and and that's a that's a constant, uh, compliment to that offense and that defense. You talk about Miami defense; they rank high defensively. Right. They're probably the number one defense in the AFC. Yeah. If you look at it, they're probably number one defense. And you can go across the board and look at a high-power offense that Denver has, So, which means their defense should be a little better. But Denver defense gives up points. If, yeah. you're, going, if you're going down to the wire, look what, that, what happened in New, um, I'm sorry, New England to that defense. But if you're going down to the wire, you got a chance. Peyton Manning will bring you back defense, I mean, offensively in Denver. But defensively, I mean, they, they have some guys up front. But they will give up some points, but they didn't. They never had been an opportunity quite often when they've always blown teams out. So you look at the Miami Dolphins; they play defense over there. They got a good defense, and that Buffalo defense that you're laughing at—they are not bad. They have no offense, so there's nothing yeah, well, bad it would. And when you got guys all on the field, uh, on the field all the time, that becomes a problem. Well, I was laughing at Buffalo. I've been laughing at Buffalo defense since day one, I know. just because they don't—they—they they don't stand out. They're not rah-rah guys, but they do their job. And I still laugh at them because they don't get the respect, you know, now that they deserve in these few weeks because of how badly that offense is. I mean, the offense is a joke. You take E.J. Manuel out, who's been starting for them, what, the past two seasons, and you throw in Kyle Orton with this guy who came out of retirement, and he, last time we see him touch a football, touch a football field was in Dallas, and he, he completely just blew that up. I mean, he had his chance to, you know, Save the day. You got weapons around you in Dallas, and he couldn't get the job done there. So it was like a laughing joke when they put this guy in as starting quarterback. So now it's just like, yeah, this makes your defense look even even worse, even though they, they've they been playing really good football lately. But it makes them look even bad because, I mean, the defense is not giving up points. What they gave up 14 points in the second half uh, to Ryan Tannehill. He threw two touchdown passes late, um, late in the third quarter, late in the fourth. And then, I mean, they were, they were still in the game. But like you said, their offense is killing. They're, they're, they're killing this defense. And Kyle, we, Orton. Yeah. Kyle Orton 
became a victim of uh, ignorant coaches, um, name branded. Cal Owen was playing well in Denver, and then you have Jay Cutler coming in, and they put him for they put Jay Cutler in for him, and we looking at Jay Cutler what he is today. Guy has no pulse or anything, no movement towards his uh, motivational position as a, as a leader of uh, the Chicago Bears offense. So I, I like Cal Orton, and you're right. You're 100% right. He was on the streets. He was on the streets for a while, yeah. but everyone knew. Well, I would, I would think that everyone knew that he became a victim of name branding, that they wanted this guy instead of that guy, where it wasn't a flash. We're going to have a face of our team. We want him to look a certain way, act a certain way. All I'm looking for is a guy who managed my my uh, quarterback position, who can manage that offense. And if you got some type of some type of dog in you or some type of other extra athletic ability, then that's just icing on the cake for me. But I'm not trying to lose games from the quarterback position. I'm more trying to win them. And if I have a defense, which Denver at that point did have a defense under Cal Orton running that offense, I just think having been on the streets was uh, come from name brand. And, and sometimes, you know, you can just get fed up when you got go back and forth to all this stuff and you can't understand reason why you're not a starting quarterback or you're not even on the roster. What a chance to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, well, I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I can't. Not, he's he's a quarterback. He's an NFL quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He deserved to be on a 53-man roster, but I don't see him as a starter. Why? Whatever happened to EJ Manuel? Is he going to ever work his way back in? He's a young quarterback. I mean, they're expecting this. What was they expecting this guy to save the day, to be a Cam Newton, to be a um, Ryan Tannehill at that? Right. No, he had time to grow. Know what you're working with? Yeah. I agree. You had time to grow. Tannehill. Look at him now. He started off way worse than uh, EJ Manuel did. EJ Manuel's winning ball games. It, he looked better than um, what's the guy in New York uh, with the Jets? Oh, Eli Manning. No, not no with the Jets. The, the, oh, um, Michael Vick backup. <laughs> Michael, oh, <laughs> Michael back up. Yeah, Michael Vick's back up. With, um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Goodness gracious. <laughs> that's just, hey, for us not to be able to his name popping our head right away, that's a problem <laughs> for him. Yes, that's his problem. That, that is definitely his problem. But no, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and think of his name and also talk about more NFL talk, some um, ugly NBA games. I mean, there's some games where guys are giving up 70, 80-plus points in the first half. Are you kidding me? We'll be back. Kwame Lasher Sports Talk. We'll be back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. For 27 years, KidStar has empowered thousands of kids across the country. And now we have the opportunity to empower children around the world. KidStar is announcing a new radio show called Voyage Earth. Voyage Earth will empower kids from across the world. KidStar has created a Kickstarter campaign just for this new undertaking. By pledging to Kickstarter... 
You pledge for a future of empowered people to come. My name is Mark from the tech team on Voice Market Kids Network. I want to thank you for being a backer of our Kickstarter Voyager. Kickstarter, we empower kids. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Hey, 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 welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasher Sports Talk radio show. Call in at 888-346-9144. We were talking about the game last night, the NFL game last night between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, and how Kyle Orton... You know, just ain't getting the job done right now. I don't see why you just don't stick E.J. Mayo in there just to get him to learn. And even if he doesn't learn, I mean, you could still throw in Kyle Orton at the end of the day. You could throw him back in there to get him to learn, to get him to to be kind of like what New York Jets were going through. Just pave the way. Just keep riding it until you can't ride it no more, until you give up and say, you know what, we're done with this experience for this year. This guy has to learn how to just play football. Then you can go and think about Kyle Lord or think about another quarterback. Because Buffalo, they had many a chances to go get another quarterback. I don't think Kyle Orton was that number one choice, but I think they just reluctant on it and just said, hey, forget it. We'll just go in. He has experience. Like you said, the other guys are overlooking Kyle Orton's talents in the NFL, which I'm overlooking it too as well because I haven't seen it yet. But – uh, they could have went other places. They could have gotten Ryan Mallett out of New England at the time. They could have went elsewhere. Especially if you weren't believing in the EJ Manuel project. So they could have went elsewhere. It depends on who you want. It depends on who you want the face of your program or what, which way you're going in the future. It depends on who you want because you, you can make the case that why wouldn't you put EJ Manuel back in? And I look at EJ Manuel almost in the same light. Not as many years, not as much experience as I do Cam Newton. Cam Newton just don't seem serious to me. Cam Newton has everything. <laughs> we can argue that they got rid of all his receivers. Well, Cam Newton still throws the ball high. He still overthrows his receiver. He still throws off his back foot. You got a, you got Stewart and, and Williams over there, uh, albeit that you have uh, True. Uh, your, your big running back um, that got hurt, and he's out for the year. But you got to put a little onus on that defense also. So to Cam Newton's defense, Although I still feel the way I feel about him, yeah, you still doing what you're doing from a quarterback position. Does not is not winning football. It's yeah. not you still doing bad mechanics, bad techniques. So I don't know who the quarterback coach is over there. But if you depending on what your future is, if it's with EJ Manuel, then why not put him back in that game? Right. Most coaches don't want to go flip flopping uh, through the course of a game 
with their quarterback position. If they tell a guy during the week that you're the starting quarterback, then that's how they want to go about their business. Unfortunately, it's, it's the, the friendship or the buddy-buddy. It's more so, it's not about winning football games when you know you're about to be out, man, anyway. But if you're going in the direction of trying that program or you got a new owner who's bought the team, um, then you got to start making some moves and giving those people a reason to not or to go to a Buffalo yeah. Bills football game. See, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, I think, I've always said Buffalo had a lot of great talent. You look at the <laughs> skill position. Yeah. Their skill positions are pretty good, but they're just not winning football games. And I, and I talk about that defense, and we talk, we talk about that defense. Their defense can be great. They're, they're one or two guys away from just shutting teams down because of what they're doing. They're getting turnovers, and I don't know if it's the conference or not. I don't know if it's the AFC North or not, but they're making some plays on their defense that keep them in ball games. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the um, when you only amass three points in a football game against a right or against a conference opponent, something's not right with that. Right, and I'm gonna stop you back on your comment on your point you made about the buddy buddy system. See, I don't agree with that. I think that can hurt your program. That can hurt your your team and your what you're representing towards the player. Not only towards the players in the locker room, but your image, you know, on the field, outside to the media, to outlets like me, to like you. We look, and then we misjudge a team because of the whole buddy buddy system from what's really going on inside. Because I've been part of programs, I've seen teams, you know, uh, guys or coaches will have some type of connection with a player or with another coach, and they bring them along. And you know, players are talking about like, man, this guy he really can't coach, or this kid he really's not that starting quarterback. And I think that hurts the team so much, and that gets overlooked. But you have no say so because if the owner want him or the GM want him. Just because, you know, he's a friend, he's an outlet who can get this guy in and put him in. I think that's a big mistake in sports, and I don't like how that whole buddy-buddy system works. I just don't well, agree with it. Well, here's what they need to do. And I, and I, I really, I, I, might, I spoke on this quite a few times, but here's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. The scouting department has to be upgraded if you want some real talent. And you got to keep the people who don't know what they're looking for out of the business. Not, and I'm not saying the scouts. I'm saying like a, let's say we're in Dallas. Jerry Jones, you know talent. We we know you know talent. But stay out of the business of the scouting and let them do their job. You hire them. Let right. them do their job. But when you go scout scouters, know your offense, know your defense, and know what we need on special team or or maybe special teams is a is a anomaly. You 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 find a guy that can play special teams in defense or can play special teams in offense. Rarely you can find a guy who can do both of those. It, it is very tough. So some of your greatest athletes cannot play special teams because that takes a different breed. But back to the scouts. You find, when you know the offense, and you go scout an offensive player across the board, at least know what you're looking for so when a guy comes in, he fits right into the system, and you don't have to reteach a system. And you're not going to find that all the time, but it's great to go get a guy like that. And you might not be able to get him because there is a draft. Someone right. might have a bigger draft or higher position than you in the, in the draft. But that's what you go look for, and you keep that on the wraps. I, I talked to some scouts, and they say, well, we've watched this guy since he was a freshman in college or in ninth grade, and we were doing notes on him when we were doing notes on the juniors and seniors that were coming out. Right. So they they got their pulse on guys, but does he fit into the system of your offense or your defense? And that's what you do. When a guy comes in, all, the only thing different is the terminology. Right. You change the terminology, he got to get used to the wording, but it's the same praise. And he can fit in, and and then you got better production on the football field from the players, and we get to see better football games. 
because you wonder what happened to a guy. What happened to him? He was he was balling in college. He gets to the pros and now he can't play. Well, guys can't transition. Yeah. A lot of guys can't transition, and then you're expecting him because of what you saw him in college. Now yeah. that's different from a skilled guy like a punt returner receiver. You can get him the ball, and he gonna make something happen. Right. And you the difference that, is, if you, you put him in position to run routes, yeah, put him in position where he knows in zone how to get open in zone. A lot of receivers don't know how to get open in zone; they just run right to the man who's who they, who's not even covering him. He's covering the zone, right? You got to know how to get open in zone, not just open when you in man to man. I agree with that. I agree, and that comes with development. That comes with over time. Like if you're gonna bring in, if you're gonna draft, you know, your, your G, that's the guy named Geno Smith. You're gonna draft Geno Smith, EJ Manuel. You gotta have time for them to develop. It's the reason why you drafted them in the first round, top top five picks. But if you're just gonna like know and behold that you got a free agent, a guy you can come and depend on, you got a buddy buddy system, bring him in, then that lose that development time. You just wasted the pick. Why not just put in time with this piece that you have gotten and just 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 see what happens. Put him back in. See if he learned anything. Well, I'm ready to move on from these, these non-quarterbacking teams because it's really it's letting them down. Congrats to the Miami Dolphins. Congrats to Ryan Tannehill. He's playing all four quarters of football with a talented Miami team that's on the come up and is chasing the Patriots in the playoffs. But more to NFL talk, there's a lot of big games this weekend in the NFL. Uh, you got the Patriots and Colts. Patriots are playing at the Indianapolis Colts. And also, you got the Eagles and the Packers playing against each other, one another. Uh, the Packers, are they're hosting the Eagles. And other hosting games, you have the Rams hosting the Broncos. That looks like a trap game, but I don't I don't believe so. The Bengals and the Saints kick off and one, uh, go at each other. I think that's a good even amount game right there. Uh, the biggest games to me is... The Seahawks and the Chiefs. The Seahawks are traveling to the Chiefs once again. That NFC, uh, that NFC East team. Oh, I'm sorry, NFC West team. And then you got the Lions coming to the Arizona Cardinals, which I think that's the game of the weekend. Uh, the Cardinals they are undefeated at home. They're eight and one, but the Lions are three and one on the road. They're seven and two. Experienced team. They got. The big boss man coming back in, uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. He's returning to his second game, going against Patrick Peterson, who slapped some sense in his head in the last couple of weeks, who he shut down Des Bryant and then had an outstanding game last weekend against the Rams, saved the day. I think that's the best matchup as well uh, for the weekend, seeing Megatron and Patrick Peterson to go at it one-on-one. A lot of one-on-one because of Todd Bowles blitzing schemes. And you know Matt Stafford, when he sees a blitz, he's just going to toss it up and see what happens. That seems like a fun game. Um, I think the challenge, you mentioned the Cardinals have not lost at home. Yeah, they're 5 and, and that's, Hopefully that holds true. Uh, but these, uh, they have some more adversity. And, and I say oh, yeah. that with no reservations at all because the Cardinals have had all adversity since minicamp started. But these guys have overcome it. And they getting and they find a way to get it done. And congratulations to the Cardinals for doing the right thing and signing uh, Todd Bowles to a three-year deal, a three-year extension, I should say, uh, to be the defense coordinator. Right. Uh, and, and that matters if nothing comes up as far as what he would like to be as a head coach. Because if you become a head coach, then that team just going to pick up his contract. But what the Cardinals did do is give him an opportunity to make more money in that process. Now, the Cardinals are in uh, the Detroit game, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. Um, unfortunately, I won't be in town to go to it, mm-hmm. uh, but 
that would be a good one because, as you mentioned, Megatron coming back, I could be one of the best, having been hurt uh, for a while now. But you look at the um, the maturity and, and the process of the stand, um, the quarterback is going through, and he's making throws that normally would get guys in trouble. His arm is so strong that he gets it done. But right. he has Golden Tate, who has come to the rescue, in my opinion, to save that team. Reggie Bush, being Reggie Bush, has been injured a couple of times. But the strength of that team, with all that offensive power they have, and that, and that was great to see the Detroit Lions go do that, go out and finally get that. Matthew Stafford, uh, Reggie Bush, um, you got Megatron over there, Golden Tate. You have other guys over there also that's contributed a great deal offensively. But that defense is number one. That defense is number one. And then you come into a team who's, who's predicated on their defense, and they found ways to overcome from the absence of their defense. Is the Arizona Cardinals, who's going to try to go out there and get it done themselves uh, as far as what they're going to do. Right. It's winning a football game at home and hold that record true to not losing at home. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting game to watch, um, in my opinion, this week. And i also like to see, this weekend, i also like to see the uh, the uh, New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts, because I'm 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 a I'm a Andrew Luck fan. I like Andrew Luck, but don't put him on that pedestal so high. What? Because now you're gonna put a pressure on, and pressure comes with the job anyway. But now you're gonna he's gonna hold up to that, and then you're gonna be looking for a reason, a way to bring him down. So don't put him on that pedestal too high. Although he's a great talent, he's smart. He came in. You like to see he's comparable to you want to compare everybody quarter, to him quarterback wise coming out because he came in ready to play. And I tell you why that is. First of all, he's smart. It might have been his destiny, but first off, he's smart. But he played in the pro-style offense. This is what I was saying when we were yeah. talking about the scouts. You bring these guys in who can fit right into You can implement them to the offensive defense, and they play at a high level. Yeah. But that's not happening these days with these guys because everybody's going for a name or a school. And then you find out the guy can't play. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Andrew Luck, he, he can fit in any system. I mean... Uh, he came in, he's playing in a double tight end system. Imagine if he came in and played a spread unit. I mean, right. I think he I think he was still, I think he would still be even greater than what he is now. I do put him on that high pedestal because I think as an Andrew Luck, he puts himself up there to begin with. Like you said, he came right in right away, was ready to well, play. He was ready for the NFL. You, those guys don't come around often, though. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, type those type of players, they don't come around often. You have to put him on that pedestal. Yeah, but what he does, as far as his uh, self-evaluation, that's one thing. What we hear him doing now, we're looking for it. I don't have no problem with his uh, his uh, determination. I, in fact, I think everybody should have it. You should have it at the high level that he has it, and the game will be a lot better. But my concern is all these prognosticators and all these so-called, you going to watch him or you going to watch every game or you going to watch the games he messed up. I had an argument uh, about Andrew Luck quite a few times about, how he put his team in that situation. I do that with all quarterbacks. Yeah, but that's not his fault. But when you make a comeback, all of a sudden you won a game. You didn't win a game. He was already the one who put us there. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily his fault, though. He didn't put his team in that situation because his team, if they can't run the football, if they can't run the football. Last year, Mm -hmm. they couldn't run the football. Who fought that? The owner, Earl Shane? That's not Andrew Luck's fault. They they can run the football then. They have great running backs. Earl Shane... I'm not even ever say mm-hmm. Andrew Luck mm-hmm. threw three interceptions against Kansas City Chiefs. Drove me crazy. Because I'm thinking, how talented he is. How talented he is to do that. It happens. This is right. He was still, he was right. still young. Right. Then the next game, he throws four. Come on, man. I, I can't excuse that. 
I can't see. I, don't, I can't see that from a running game. You still make an effort to run the football, whether you got to run a game or not, and that opens up your pass. But if you just don't run the football, of well, course they, you become professional. Well, they started off running the football in those two in those two ball games. Well, against New England, though, they started off passive. It was very passive. So yeah, he got put in a situation where he had to pass the ball a lot. But and then after you pass the ball, you throw interceptions. You got to keep passing it because that's the only way you're gonna move the ball now because you're down by twenty plus points. But against Kansas City, I mean, yeah. He threw three interceptions, but every time he tried to run the ball, they were getting smacked in the mouth by a great Kansas City defense last season. I think Kansas City was, what, top five defense in the NFL? You couldn't run the they ball against that defense. Pro on that defense. Exactly. That was, that was amazing. I think yeah. they did six to eight Pro Bowls on that defense. I've never seen that before. Right. And, you know, I think some one of it could be Andrew Luck's fault, but it wasn't – if you don't have any running game, like, I can understand if you're running the ball, getting maybe three yards a pop, Four yards a pop. That's positive. You can keep doing that. You don't. You don't have to go ten yards every rep or eight yards a carry. If you get three to four yards, that's fine. You're moving the ball. That's what the Cardinals do. I love that. They run. They, Andre Ellington. He's going to pop one once in a while. But when you got guys at the line where you're averaging one yard a carry, Trent Richardson. I mean, what what else can you do? I mean, Amon Bradshaw, he was playing with injuries, but what else can you ask for? You're going to ask your quarterback, hey, you better get that shoulder ready because we're we about to throw this thing on out. And not only that, yeah, they put themselves behind the bullet, but guess what saved them at the end of the day? Andrew Luck and that arm. So he has the talent to either <laughs> he can put his team behind and still come back or, or he can be the front runner and lead his team to victory. Now, the only thing I ask about Andrew Luck is these big ball games against tough playoff competitive teams. I don't – Kansas City, they had the injury to Jamal Charles last year, who was big for them. And I think that's how Indianapolis got back in the game last season. They lost a big weapon with Kansas City's offense. And Andrew Luck, he struggles against big-time teams. Like you've seen against the Steelers. They got smacked last year against the Patriots twice. They got smacked. I mean, Andrew Luck, he just – it's not really – he put up great numbers, but he, as a team, he doesn't lead that team for a whole fourth quarter. So he might have one, two good quarters, but a whole fourth quarter of game, that's why I'm waiting to see Andrew Luck in. And I can't wait to see – yeah, like you said, this Patriots close game, that would be – it is on Andrew Luck's shoulders to see if he can yeah, develop that team. It is on his shoulders because he's that guy, and I think he wants it on his shoulder. And we're talking about him, but mm-hmm. not in an ill manner. We're talking mm-hmm. about it because I was, he's going to be great. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. I won't put him in the Hall of Fame for another – Five years okay. uh, if he keeps up his pace. But I, I don't want to be like, oh, we didn't have a running game, so we're not going to do this, or we didn't have this, this receiver. This went down. Well, a lot of the, lot of the greats, we've seen some of, some of the great quarterbacks have bad years, and they were still uh, serviceable productivity. And yeah. Luck's going to go through that. He's going to learn. He has to learn from those mistakes, and that's what I think he's going to do. I know he threw seven last year in two games. Yeah. He threw seven last year in two games, but yeah. he's gonna he learned from that. Then I think he'll be fine because that happens. That that comes with being a starting quarterback or at the growing position that he has. He'll be all right. He'll yeah, well, fine. hopefully he can. But hopefully he, he can do that. Something. Yeah, hopefully he can do that against the top tier teams in the NFL because he seems he seems to struggle and and that's I think where it will, will make him great once he starts beating these big teams the way he beats everyone else. Coming up, we got to take a break. Our last break, our last segment coming up. After uh, We're going to talk about more of the big games this weekend in the NFL and the NCAA as well. College Hoops is kicking off tonight. 
And we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Kwame Lasso Sports Talk Show. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank God it's... To the Kwame Lasseter Radio Show. I am in studio, Demi Lachey. We got Kwame Lasseter on the phone lines. This is our last segment. And we were finishing off talking about some top NFL games. We were talking about Andrew Luck and Indianapolis Colts hosting Tom Brady in that hot and talented New England Patriots unit coming into town, coming into Indianapolis. Uh, I project that. Hopefully, Indianapolis, I think Indianapolis will get the win at home just because they're at home. And Andrew Luck plays well at home, so does the defense. And um, I don't think Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, is going to overcome Andrew Luck's in that offense because I feel like they're going to hold the ball for a very long time with some short passes. But Andrew Luck, he's going to throw over 60-plus passes once again because of how poor that running game is. But now to, the, I think, the best, the best and the biggest game of the weekend between the Arizona Cardinals and Detroit Lions. We're going to talk a little bit, I guess you could say, of this guy. He's going to be a starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, this guy Drew Stanton. We're going to find out if he's the real deal or not once again. Um, you know, there's a little, there's, there's some naysayers out there about the Cardinals, about Drew Stanton and about Bruce Arians in the program, but they obviously they go out to get the job done. They're undefeated at home. I think that's great for Drew Stanton to make the start at home. But not only that, he's going against a tough defensive line unit led by Nindamake Sue. And I think that's going to be tough for him to deal with all day. Not only that, because they have to run the football. And the Cardinals, their passing offense, their protection, they've been getting up a lot of sacks. And you got a guy like Sue coming in. I mean, he, he's going to make he's going to make hectic just chaos for that running game for the Cardinals. And to, he's going to be blasting the center up. 
for the Cardinals. I think it, uh, well, who's the starting center? Uh, Sid Lion. He's been struggling lately, and uh, him and Ndamukong Sue, they're going to be going at it. Hopefully, they get some help with uh, Larson at guard, who can help out as well. But it's going to be a tough game. This game's going to be running in the trenches against. See how really tough that offensive line unit of the Cardinals is against that strong defensive front of the Lions. But I think you got to run the football. You got to find a way to get the job done with Ellington and Stephen Taylor, and they even throw in Marion Grice sometimes. They got to get the job done, and I think the game is going to be on them to open up and making Drew Stanfield so much more comfortable in that pocket so he can find guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd and John Brown and all those receiving units, Teggy and Junior sometimes, some points. That, that's going to open up their game even more. And I think Kwame just got dropped. So my prediction for this game, I mean, I think it's yeah, obvious. There was a lot of noise. I had to get out of there. Oh, okay, just making sure oh, you're, man, still, yeah, you're still on the show. That's all. No, I, I, I like your assessment on, what, what, uh, on this game of the yeah. Arizona Cardinals and the uh, Detroit Lions. I, you know, I say this about the Arizona Cardinals. They're 8-1. and one. Drew Stan coming in. Uh, I think we, I think I did find out that he was a real deal. Everybody gets their turn, gets their chance. Unfortunately, an injury had to happen for him to do that. I think all he needs to do is win three games. That makes them at least have 11 games in the season, which would be better than last year. I'm not trying to say be better than last year, just to be better, 10 right. games better. But it helps them into where they want to go. And you look at the NFC West and the conference, where they're two, two and a half, three games ahead of everybody else. And that including the the uh, Super Bowl champions, Seattle Seahawks. Right. But to give themselves a cushion where they got these home games, they got two games in Seattle. They need to win one of those. They got another game with San Fran in San Fran. They need to win. They need to win that one. And they have uh, another one in St. Louis. Well, if you can win out of those four games, you can win two of those, and then you win two more somewhere else. That makes you. That gives you twelve victories. And I think the Cardinals will be all right. I think Drew Stanley would be fine with Arizona Cardinals. He made some plays, and I think he's very serviceable. He's also, uh, they've also, the Arizona Cardinals board, and Ryan Lindy took him off the practice squad right. from the San Diego Chargers, a guy who knows that offense. Uh, so, And then they have Logan, uh, who's over there, they drafted from Virginia Tech in the third or fourth round. I think they'd be fine. Right. They have everything over there they need offensively, just got to find a way to get in the ball. I don't think Bruce Arians and that offense um, staff is going to tailor down anything for him, I think they're going to continue to run their offense, and they're going to have a tough game against the Detroit Lions, who have a, arguably the better defense of the two. And we've seen what the Cardinals' defense have done to keep them in games through the adversity of injuries and and what have you, and uh, off the field nonsense. But yeah. that Detroit Lions' offense defense is for real, so yeah. it's going to be a great test. The benefit to all this, the defining moment, I think it is, is they get to play at home again, where they haven't lost the game or given up more than twenty points. Right. I agree with that. And just going off from offensive standpoint, you know, since, you know, I'm an offensive type of kind of guy, Arizona offense, I think they're going to just have to take advantage and and just have a lot of explosive plays. I mean, throw the ball downfield, get guys open with their play action and just just go back and just let the ball loose. Um, Drew Stanton, he's a he's a deep ball thrower ever since he was at what Michigan State. This guy, he could throw the deep ball, and he throws it very accurately. And that's why he is still in the NFL today, because he's not scared to throw it deep, and he has accuracy that comes along with it. And I think you take advantage 
of these these smaller corners. You know, they do have a great corner in Mathis. He's a strong bound corner. He's very aggressive. You take advantage of his aggressiveness. Not only that, they have slower safeties with Quinn and what's the other guy name? I had Yambo. They can't see John Brown in that slot position. Uh, Slay, I don't think he can even strap up with Michael Floyd on a daily basis, but we'll see. And I think Arizona Cardinals, for them to overcome this, their, for their offense to flow, they need to take deep shots, have explosive plays, get Andre Ellington on the ground and going. And uh, with Detroit, they got to take advantage of that that strong, strong blitzing game. A lot of short passes going to be thrown. Get Reggie Bush out in the open uh, and take your deep shots when you can with Calvin Johnson, but you're going to have Patrick Peterson right on his hip. Um, hopefully Patrick Peterson can keep, can keep playing the way he's been playing these last two weeks. And, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see him playing any more or less. He's going to play up to the potential because he has Calvin Johnson coming to his territory, his home field. But for Detroit offense to go, I think they need to take deeper shots. How you feel about Arizona's defense? You know, you're a defensive kind of guy. I don't, I don't mess around with the defense. You, well, it came out of it, it came out this week. Uh, Patrick Peterson got defensive player of the week, which is good. And that, that's uh, according to the win and the two interceptions he had, one of them to the house. Yeah. Uh, and that will be that was his first interception return for a touchdown. Yeah. You, you, you've seen him in the end zone plenty of times, but it was done from punt returning. Uh, that was his first one interception for the house. Right. For the house. Their defense is going to be fine. Because any defense that considers themselves great, and I think the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals still do that, although they at the bottom of the list as far as pass defense, they still consider them great because of what they don't have. And, and, and sometimes those numbers are skewed. You yeah. stop to run hard, so teams are able to you make the team one of the minutes, so they're going to get a couple of passes on you. And then those late-game uh, receptions and yardage uh, that you add on to it. You can't yeah. discount that. But they're playing against arguably the number one defense in the Detroit Lions, so they're going to want to come out and play outplay the Detroit Lions defense, and that, in turn, in my opinion, allows the Cardinals to win, win a football game, because you don't change anything offense because of Drew Stanton. He's done well. He, he knows how to play. You, you just said he throws a great deep ball. He's going to do that. He has weapons. He has John Brown, Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd. He has Ellington out of the backfield, great receiving running back. But defensively, I think they're going to be fine. They're going to hold up. You look at the high-power offense, they're not even so much a high-power, but you look at the pretty good offense that the Detroit Lions have, well, they won't score some points. The whole thing is about controlling the situation, controlling the adverse situation. Right. I think the Cardinals done that uh, this, far this, this far this year and controlling their situations. And at home, nobody's ever scored over 20 points. If they can keep the Detroit Lions under 20 points, they have a great chance of winning this football game. In which they they're going to do that because that's what that's how they've been winning all their ball games with teams scoring under twenty points or around that area. I mean they, they don't give up points. Arizona they don't give up touchdowns. They don't give up a lot of points. You can they that's why they blitz. They blitz so much. You can have all the stats you want in between the twenty and the twenty in the middle field. You can have all the stats you want to. That's fine with them. When it comes down to the red zones in the twenty yards or they have you deep in the, their territory. It's shut down. They're not allowing any more points. And I like that. It's going to be a lot of field goals for Detroit. But moving on, uh, any predictions for that game? What, what you thinking? Who you thinking? Should be a good one. Should be a pretty good game. Yeah. It's going to be a great one. Um, moving on. You know what? I got a message the other day, or yesterday, as a matter of fact, 
It's all halftime score of an NBA game. We're talking the NBA where the greatest players supposedly in the world all get their chance to play. And it came across, you know, no matter if you play for the 76ers or the L.A. Lakers or the San Antonio Spurs, you're in the NBA for a reason. So I get a ticker that came across my phone. I see the Mavericks and the 0-8 76ers update score, and I see the halftime score was 78-29. to 78 to 29. I'm like, okay, what? Like, you're a professional basketball player. This is what you do for a living. How do you not think about the score 70? No, I'm sorry, 73 to 29. How, like, how do you how do you go about that? How do how do you let how do you allow that to happen? That is a, that is amazing <laughs> to me. I saw that score. That is amazing to me. I was wondering. Well, you look at the. Um, you look at the 76ers, and they've been bad since last year. They only got three first-rounders on their team. Yeah. They, they did a whole lot, or they had a whole lot that didn't happen in draft. They drafted the guy. They traded him. Uh, they're not making their team better. I don't know what future they're preparing for, but whatever it is, it's probably going to be seven to ten years down the road. Because when you do get those draft picks, or when you maybe you have some money somewhere hidden where you can go get their free agency. Right. But they're 0-8. They're their worst record was 9 and. 63 or something like that, uh, their worst record. And this is the second time they started in 0 and 8 in the history of their franchise. Right. But how do you have 20 something points at halftime? Or, or <laughs> let me say this a team has 80 something points at halftime on you. Oh that my God. I seen that last night. Uh, between yeah. the, no, two nights ago, Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. I didn't even think the Nuggets were at home. Yes, the Nuggets were at home. They gave up 84 points in the first half. Oh my goodness! How do you, I, I don't understand that? Is that is crazy when you talk about some professional basketball players who 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 comes out and uh, supposed to be doing what they're doing as far as being professional and and gifted and talented. Somebody put up a hundred and something points yeah. in a basketball game is crazy. In the first half, like we're not even talking this. This is before the halftime speech, and the most craziest thing is like these teams aren't coming back. They're not even trying to make it a game after that. But there was some crazy basketball played last night. Derrick Rose, he did go down with another hamstring injury once again. This guy is so frail. Every time he touches the score, every time he touches the court, I get very, very nervous. But he went down on a hamstring again. But they still ended up winning the game. It was late fourth quarter. He said he's going to be okay. He stayed it day to day with the hamstring injury. But you know, he he made some uh, some points, some some good points, saying you know I I want to make sure I can walk around, see my kids, uh, my son's graduation, make sure I can stand for his meetings and whatnot. I mean, the Spurs do it, so why can't Derrick Rose do it? That's the part I don't get. Everybody wants to give him go down his neck, going to question him, his playing ability. Spurs do it, so why can't Derrick Rose do it? But Derrick Rose, don't get me started on him. Yeah. You should talk about him. Earlier. That was a great conversation to have. Yeah, we'll talk about it Monday, though. We'll talk more basketball next week. Uh, he might get hurt in his sleep. <laughs> Thank you. might get hurt in his sleep. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. We out of time. Uh, tune in to us on Monday, and we hopefully we'll get all the shows caught up with you all, and you all can tune in. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show Radio. This is Demi Lachey, Kwame Lasseter on the phone. We'll see you Monday. We out. Come off the whirlwind. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk.
on the Voice America Sports Network. 